Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Following the Lord Jesus' resurrection, he first appeared to two disciples as they were traveling on the road to a village called Emmaus. After revealing himself to these ones and then disappearing, they hurried back to Jerusalem to make the account to Peter and the other disciples. And as they were telling the incredible story, the resurrected Lord miraculously appears again, not as a ghost or as a spirit, but with a physical body that could be handled and touched. But then in the midst of their astonishment, just as he had done to the two men traveling to Emmaus, he not only opened their eyes to recognize that it was truly him, he also opened their eyes and minds to understand the scriptures. It was this unveiling that would stay with them and enable them to stay in his invisible presence long after his physical presence was no longer with them. How we need this same opening and unveiling even today. Ron Kangas has joined us as we come to... uh, Oh, a well-known but uh, not fully understood portion of the Scripture. Ron, I'm glad you're here today. I am too, and I agree with your word. This is a well-known portion, but we dare not say that any portion is fully understood by us. Therefore, it behooves us to be poor in spirit and to be like little children before the Lord and his word, open to receive something fresh through the enlightening of the Spirit. Ron, I somewhat feel as, uh, uh, maybe this is presumptuous, I hope not, I don't mean it so, but uh, as these disciples uh, felt, they made the comment, oh, how our hearts burned within us as he opened to us the Scriptures. We have had just experience after experience of this in these uh, recent days on these life studies from the Gospel of Luke. The Lord has been very merciful in, in his opening and unveiling. I just uh, pray that that opening continue today. This is really the treasure, isn't it? It is, and uh, in response, I would say this uh, first, that it's really quite normal for our hearts to burn within us when the Lord himself is opening the word and showing us himself in the word. And I would also say uh, I've been impressed from time to time and now afresh that in Luke 24, There are three kinds of openings. Uh, I really am thankful for this. Uh, The Lord opened the scriptures, and the Lord opened their eyes that they might see him, and the Lord opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures. So we need this threefold opening. We need the Lord to open the word to us. We need the Lord to open our eyes to him. And we need the Lord to open our minds that we may have the proper spiritual understanding versus the natural understanding and the traditional understanding of the Lord's word. The more we have this kind of opening, 
the more the the Spirit can shine into us through the Word, enlightening us that we may have a fresh appreciation of Christ as he is revealed here, namely Christ in his resurrection and then in his ascension. Hmm. As we looked at the uh, journey of these two brothers on their way to Emmaus and how they experienced the Lord in his visible and then his invisible presence, uh, we were left with the impression that this is an important story, not just to see the account of a miracle experienced by two others, but a kind of a training that we're all involved in even today. Maybe you could develop that a little bit as to why this is an important account. And that training is to realize, just as the Lord said at the end of Matthew 28, I am with you. He is Emmanuel. I know the program's on Luke, but... To understand this account, we need the parallels in the other Gospels. We believe this in simplicity and in purity. The Lord is with us. Well, how is he with us? He is with us pneumatically in resurrection as the life-giving spirit. And the training, even when he would manifest himself make himself visible and tangible. The training is that we would exercise in faith to realize and to practice his invisible presence. So even as we're here in this studio, we're not two disciples on the way to Emmaus, but we're two brothers and two disciples in this little studio. The Lord is with us. Even as we're fellowshipping about him being with us, And we don't just have a mental kind of apprehension of him, but deep in the spirit, we just sense, even know, that he is with us. In Luke 24, you have the Lord's appearing, his manifesting himself to these two disciples. In John, he would manifest himself on occasion. Then he would disappear, not go away, but disappear, become invisible, but nevertheless present pneumatically. And we need this training very much because his word says that he is with us, yet we cannot see him. So how is he with us? He is with us invisibly in a hidden, mysterious way all the time. I just wonder, Chris, what kind of radical impact this truth would have on our daily living if we realize that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whomever we're with, whatever we're saying, the resurrected Christ is with us. Wouldn't this make a difference? So I confess, I surely need training to realize this in faith in a consistent way. So we thank the Lord that we have these two disciples going downward in their discouragement and disappointment as representatives of us and that the Lord through his word can unveil himself as the one who in resurrection is always present with us invisibly. Hmm. Well, Ron, uh, that sets the stage. We see the Lord now accompanied without them knowing these two back to Jerusalem. They've entered the room with the other uh, disciples. They're telling the account, and verse 35 says, And as they related the things that occurred on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread, And as they were speaking these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace to you. 
So he is expanding this training now to include uh, the other disciples. Let's join Witness Lee. Now, the mystery is this. The Savior came into the room with a physical body. He was a spirit, yes, yet with a physical body. Why I say physical? Because the body was touchable. And you can touch the body. And you still can see the print of the nails on his hands. Then the Lord opened the word to them. And the Lord opened their eyes. And I do believe it was from that night Peter became transformed. At least he began to understand the word. So in Acts chapter 1, Peter stood up to interpret the Bible in the right way. Not natural Peter, another Peter, regenerated Peter, transformed Peter. Not on one Peter, all the disciples there were like this. So in brief, that was the right time for the Savior to tell them to carry out the commission, to preach the forgiveness of sin. You have to go, to go, to preach the forgiveness of sin. What is this, dear saints? You must go back to chapter 4. This is to go to proclaim the jubilee. What is the forgiveness of sin? That is the release of the captives from their slavery, from their bondage. Now, you disciples all have been brought into my resurrection. In other words, you all have been brought into the Jubilee. You have to go to proclaim this Jubilee. Ron, I'd like to uh, draw our attention to this point that he made about the apostles as they are soon to uh, appear or be manifested in the first few chapters of Acts, just a little over 40 days later. And we have just been seeing again and again the apostles, and Peter particularly, in natural condition, and all of the disputing, and uh, really they are exposed again and again. And just a few days later, tremendous change. Uh, This is a pivot point, isn't it? A very important point in the whole New Testament economy. That is no exaggeration. In fact, in this brief response in fellowship, I would like to strengthen that point and to somewhat lay a foundation for the remaining segments. According to John 20, the Lord appeared and he breathed himself out as the Spirit and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit as breath is the Spirit who regenerates us and causes us to become children of God, possessing the life and nature of God, this involves not only a fundamental, but an essential and intrinsic change at the core of our being, because at that point, or at that time, our human spirit is born of God, And now the Spirit, essentially, is the life of our very spiritual being. And because the disciples had received the Spirit as life, essentially, 
They, before receiving the outpouring of the Spirit for power economically, and these terms will be defined a little later, they could pray in one accord for ten days. And this oneness was the base for them to pray and thereby to receive the outpouring of the Spirit for power, which outpouring is alluded to under another metaphor at the end of Luke chapter 24. So, and by the time they were ministering in Acts, they had the Spirit within them essentially as life and upon them economically as power. They were men and women of the Spirit. For this reason, they were utterly, drastically, intrinsically, fundamentally different in Acts 2 and following from what they were prior to John 20 and Luke 24. Ron, you've uh, introduced the two terms that we want to focus on now for these uh, two coming portions, and that is a filling within and a clothing without. Two aspects of the Spirit we're going to touch. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The main thing of the Jubilee is the forgiveness of sin. And we know forgiveness of sin ushers us into the enjoyment of the riches of the triumph God. This is Jubilee. But you need a further equipment. You need to wait in Jerusalem that I will proud what the Father promised in Jewel chapter 2. And that promise was the promise of the economical spirit. We all know that promise was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, after the Savior's ascension, he from his throne poured out the economical spirit upon those disciples so thus far, in his resurrection, what has been accomplished is just essential. All the disciples need a further step to be equipped economically. Now, I'd just like to read to you verse 49. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. And what is the promise of the Father? That is the outpouring of the Spirit. That is the economical Spirit. But you stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This power from on high will be just like a mantle, an outer clothing. You'll be clothed with an overcoat. That's the power from on high. This is different from the Spirit of Life who was breathed into the disciples in John 20, right? These are the two aspects of one spirit for our experience. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, you have the baptism, the immersion. You also have the drinking. We all have been baptized in one spirit into one body, and we all have been given to drink of the one spirit. To be immersed is one thing. To drink is another thing. To be immersed in the water, that is uh, the outward aspect, and to drink the water into you, and this is the inward aspect. Hallelujah. The inward is essentially for life, and the outwardly is economically for the ministry. 
they work. The indwelling of the spirit of life is essential for life and living. The outpouring of the spirit of power is economical for our ministry and work. Ron, there's an awful lot that has uh, been packed into this last couple of minutes of fellowship, and I think we should spend some time to uh, try to sort through and develop this. For a lot of our listeners, I'm sure this notion of the two aspects of the filling of the Spirit are quite new. So we have the essential within, the economical without, and then we see both of these aspects really brought together in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Help us uh, sort through this. Let's remind ourselves about where we begin, and that's with the Bible, with all the portions of the Bible concerning our experience of the Spirit, and with the basic truth that there is one Spirit. But the New Testament clearly indicates that there are two main aspects of the one Spirit for us in our experience, as there was with the Lord Jesus. And it may be helpful to refer to his experience uh, ever so briefly. He was conceived of the Spirit. The Spirit was in his being intrinsically and essentially from conception. Nevertheless, when he came out for ministry, the Spirit descended upon him. That's the fact. So what was true of the Lord Jesus is now true of us as those who believe in him and who are the members of his body. And in John 20, we have something analogous to Matthew chapter 1 and to Luke chapter 1. Uh, the Spirit is breathed into us, and we receive the Spirit into us as the Spirit of life. We call this the essential aspect of the Spirit. It's inward. It's for our life. It's for the constitution of our spiritual being. Then you have portions such as Luke 24 and Acts chapter 2, which speak of the Spirit coming in another way. And we have different symbols used. So the Lord himself spoke of being clothed with power from on high. Well, clothing is different from breath. Breath is inward for life. Clothing, especially clothing in the nature of a uniform, connotes the idea of authority. And the Spirit coming upon us with power and authority is not for our spiritual life, but for our spiritual work. So it's incorrect to say that the disciples did not receive the Spirit in any sense until Acts chapter 2. No, they had received the Spirit in John 20, essentially, for their life. And today, all believers have the Spirit in them, essentially, as life, if they have truly been born of God and have believed in the Lord Jesus and have received him. Nevertheless, we need the other aspect of the Spirit, which we call the economical aspect, the Spirit upon us with power and authority for our work. Now, one further point. The essential aspect of the Spirit is related to Christ's resurrection. First Peter 1.3 tells us that we were regenerated by God in the resurrection of Christ. And it was in resurrection as the pneumatic Christ, the life-giving Spirit, 
that the Lord imparted himself as the spirit of life essentially into the believers. That's in his resurrection. Then, according to Luke 24, he ascended. And in Acts 1, it speaks of this again. He ascended. Then as the ascended Christ, he poured forth the spirit of power economically upon the disciples that they may be equipped with power and authority for work. So, in brief, the essential spirit, the spirit for life, is related to Christ in resurrection. And the economical spirit, the spirit for power, is related to Christ in ascension. We have, and this, I think, sufficient as a kind of close, we have a verse that combines both aspects of the spirit in the believer's experience. That is 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. On the one hand, we have been baptized into the Spirit. We're covered with the Spirit. That's the economical Spirit. On the other hand, we drink the Spirit. We take the Spirit into us as our life supply. That's the essential Spirit. So, the sum is this. In resurrection, Christ imparted the Spirit as the Spirit of life into us essentially. In ascension, he poured out the Spirit as a spirit of power upon us economically. Now we have the one spirit essentially and economically, and in particular, as the believers, as the members of Christ and the members of the body of Christ, we have been baptized with the spirit economically, and we drink the spirit essentially. And in this way, we are in the reality and the practicality of the body of Christ, experiencing the resurrected Christ in his ascension. And with such a wonderful Christ, we have the Spirit within us as our life, and we have the Spirit upon us as our power. This is a balanced and faithful presentation, we believe in the Lord, of the truth concerning the one Spirit in the two aspects, essential for life, economical for power, both equally needed by the believers, not only in the first century, but in every century, in this century, today, by us and by all. And for this we are burdened that the Lord's children would have a heart to pursue the truth with exactness, right, and accuracy that we may, on the one hand, have a clear grasp of the truth so as to present it, On the other hand, we will have a clear basis to experience the one spirit in the two aspects, with life in resurrection and with power in ascension to carry out, as we always delight to say, God's economy according to the desire of God's heart. Ron, I was going to say uh, uh, that there is a lot here. This is not just a doctrinal presentation, but it's got tremendous uh, experiential applications, both aspects of the Spirit's filling. I wish we had time to explore these because there would be a lot of, I think, light and help for uh, all of us. Uh, I guess we'll just have to recommend that the listeners contact us about receiving these life study messages. This one particularly on this matter of the Spirit clears up so many, I think, questions that a lot of people have. It's really a, a marvelous resource, isn't it? It is, and we accept with grace the limitation of time, but we recommend with joy 
the life studies to our listeners so that they, being free from the constraints of a short, less than half hour program, can be before the Lord and reconsider the word in the light of a faithful exposition of the truth. So we recommend these in purity. I I emphasize this, in purity to the Lord's people, that they may be fed and enlightened and enriched in their spiritual life. Well, as always, thank you for your fellowship, and uh, we'll have you back. I look forward to that, Chris. Okay, our toll-free number, we hope you'll contact us, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.